welcome to In Step Podcast, a ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Billings, Montana. This podcast is all about you, me, and Jesus walking in step. Our goal is to gain a fresh perspective to apply the principles of God's Word to our everyday life. Thanks for joining us. And now, let's see what God has for us today in step. You, me, Jesus. Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 10 of the Instep Podcast. This is Ryan, and I'm so thankful that you decided to drop in and give us a listen. Now, today is our third and final conversation in a little mini-series featuring pastors from around the state of Montana. You know, I'm just going to come out and say it. Change is hard. There is no way around it. You know, whether it be change of job, change of family dynamics, moving from one house to another, even one city or state to another, or how about moving from one culture, even in America to another, can be daunting and overwhelming. In fact, massive change can definitely be the source of great difficulty in our relationships. My guest today is Jonathan Turner. He's the pastor of Floral Park Baptist Church in Butte, Montana. Jonathan and his wife, Chelsea, moved to Montana from North Carolina in September of 2018. Now, we here in Montana know that usually folks are looking for a reason to get out of Butte, but here we have a couple who answered the call to serve the Lord in Butte, and God is doing great things in and through them for sure. And so today, Jonathan and I talk about navigating major transitions, embracing what God has for us in the midst of change, and learning to embrace community to help us endure what comes our way. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Jonathan, and I know you will too. So without further ado, here's episode 10 with Jonathan Turner. All right. Well, Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thanks so much for being on here with me. Man, it's my pleasure. Awesome. Now, Jonathan, you and your wife, uh, Chelsea, is that right? Am I saying that right? right. Chelsea, you guys are the uh, pastor at Floral Park Baptist Church in Butte, Montana. And you, you've, you've been uh, on your post there since, what, September of this September, last year? September, yep, second week of September. Wow, awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself first, and um, and then talk to us about the ministry there in Butte. Absolutely. Well, I am a Southern boy at heart. I love football, fried chicken, and coffee. And so, praise God, coffee is better here, and meat is better here in Montana for whatever reason. Maybe that's why they call it God's country. But Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, That's great. I'm, I'm stoked. So keep bringing me the coffee and fried chicken. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, I fell in love with Jesus at six years old after my mom passed away. And, and just through my mom's death and Christ saving me, my journey's been anywhere short than incredible. Um, the Lord has grown me and brought me to a place where I just want to be used. And so that kind of, you know, gets me into into Butte and, and to answer your question and hopefully this may even help our listeners is that sometimes we don't expect to go where God puts us. Mm. But he's got a purpose behind it and slowing down and just rejoicing in where he has you is a good thing to do. And it's a good thing that I'm here in Butte. Uh, I, I'll be honest. My, my prayer is to be here, obviously, as long as the Lord wants, but I would love to have a long tenure. Uh, I think the people in Montana, and especially the people in Butte, they respect uh, the Christian who stays long. Mm. They're not just a immigrant anymore. They're actually my neighbor, my friend, my family. And so as I'm learning more about the people of Butte, I'm seeing that that's an important piece to who they are and especially to the Catholic population, because it is enormous in Butte. I mean, you don't have a statue of Mary if you don't celebrate Catholicism in Butte. That's right. That's right. You have Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, 
and then Butte. That's right. No, Rio's in, I'm sorry, Rio's in Argentina. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was terrible. Anyways, Rio in Argentina and Butte, Montana were Statues of Mary, right? Man, the the ministry in Butte... um just to give you a brief synopsis, we've seen the church grow already through transplants. People, for whatever reason, moving to Butte like my wife and I did, mm-hmm. and it has to be the Lord. And they're locking arms with our church, and we're seeing more gospel conversations, um, people bringing their friends. And so we're just asking the Lord to please do more, and we know He wants to. And so we're just looking and waiting and hoping for yeah. more lost people to come to know Jesus. That's awesome. Um, now, you and your wife have been married a little over five years. Is that right? That's right. Um, so, But you're not new to ministry. You've been in ministry for quite a while, haven't you? I have since Tell I was 22 years old. I uh, blessed that church's heart. Uh, they're wonderful. They taught me many things. And I learned a lot from my failures there. Mm. 22 single guy in a church says, sure, come be our pastor and janitor in the whole nine yards. And uh, so the Lord has a good sense of humor to put a 22-year-old in such a position of leadership. That's awesome. So um, uh, you've been in ministry about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, Southern boy from North Carolina, and you and your wife up and move to Butte, Montana. For, <laughs> for, folks, for <laughs> folks out there listening, uh, the question is, how in the world did that happen and why Butte? And um, yeah, talk us through how the Lord did that work in your life. The short answer, and I'll keep it short after this, is Jesus. Hmm. I did research a few years ago in seminary in a church planting class on Montana, of all places. Hmm. I knew the statistics of the East Coast, a church on every corner. And here I am moving to a place with a casino and a, I want to say a pub, but it's not a pub, but you get the picture, a a place to drink alcohol in every corner. And so seeing the lostness of the West and then praying and fasting about where the Lord would want, taking a vision trip here last year about this time, God just continued to confirm through people, through trips, and really just through His Word that this is where He wanted us. And moving from a a culture that is deeply rooted in the South to a culture that is not like it, but in one way I do want to mention it is like it. The people in Montana, not just Butte, but in Montana, have that that hospitality in some ways like the South. Mm-hmm. And so that has been a a saving grace almost moving here to kind of give us a feel of home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, along with that, uh, along with that, what are some things that surprised you? about Montana when you came here? (laughs) The first thing is the cold. Uh, You know, you're used to a low of maybe 20 degrees, and right now that's our high. That's right, and And we're we're rejoicing. That's right, we're rejoicing. (laughs) We're wearing shorts and T-shirts. Not really, for those of you listening, but maybe you are. Um, Yeah, that was a surprise. Uh, The the Catholic influence was a surprise. Growing up in the South, you had churches on every corner, but it was like your Methodist and Baptist and non-denominational and the Catholic pool was very minute, rare at best. Mm-hmm. Here, Baptist is rare at best. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, aside from those two things, um, man, one of the greatest surprises is every morning waking up, I look out the front door or the window, and the mountains are there, and you just see God's handiwork front and center, and that never gets old. Uh, that's a beautiful area, um, you know, Homestake Pass, and and uh, I traveled that quite a bit when I went to school at University of Montana, you know, back and forth from Billings there, and and so love that drive. It's beautiful. So, um, what excites you uh, the most about the next few years in ministry in in Butte? 
I would say just just being there with the people, building relationships, knowing that the Lord is going to work, and then by His grace being able to see it. Why He lets us see His working is beyond me, but I'm, I'm just grateful uh, to see men and women and children be developed into the men and women of God that He has called them to be. Mm-hmm. Seeing people who may have been an addict or may have even attempted suicide come to know Jesus, God is doing that already in our state. And this has kind of been a, a mantra that I've, I've taught the church is ask the question, why not Butte? Mm. Because God can do anything he wants, anywhere he wants, and no government, no other religion can stop him. That's awesome. So um, I, I want to get into the meat of what we're going to talk about here Absolutely. today. And I want to I spend a few minutes with this because I think this is so, so important. And something I think uh, in, in the lives of everyday people that are listening um, is kind of overlooked. And it's this idea of the effect on our lives of massive transitions and change and, and how we respond to that. L- let me lead in by telling this story, and then I, I want to hear from you. Um, when my wife and I moved here in 2016, um, uh, first of all, we, we had a major move, you know, from Iowa to Montana, a uh, thousand-mile move. Uh, secondly, we moved into a townhouse for three months, then bought a home. Mm. Then we spent about three months doing some renovations to that home. Uh, my wife started homeschooling all four of our children at that time. I started a brand new job, and it was in a ministry position. And January of 2017, she and I were not doing very well. <laughs> and the reason is, is because we piled transition and stressor upon stressor upon stressor and um, I, as a leader in our home, uh, was completely oblivious to why we were struggling in our relationship um, because, for all intents and purposes, you know, we bought a home, we were settling in, the job was going well, you know, and, and so on and so forth. But um, the effect that those transitions had was incredibly stressful on us. So talk to me about you and your transition um, from North Carolina yeah. to being a pastor in Butte, Montana. You talked about the weather. You know, there's, a, <laughs> there's, the, there's the geographic stressor of the temperature change and, and, the, uh, and the climate change. Um, what are some things that, that God did in you and your wife to prepare you and, and, and to help you in the midst of this massive change? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Aside from the weather, because we can joke about that all day, but in all seriousness, that's Montana. Mm-hmm. So the reality is you deal with it, you suck it up, and just drink lots of more coffee. You that's know? right. So, but for my wife and I, traveling from North Carolina to Montana, the Lord really prepped our hearts in the months leading up to it, um, putting our house in the market, but then not putting a sign in the yard because we just... We just couldn't do it at that point. We had not told the church yet that the Lord was leading mm. us towards this. The leadership of the church knew, but the the body did not. And we were waiting till we got back from our mission trip in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Well, God is so good. Yeah. Even if he wouldn't have had our house sell while we're out of the country, uh, which that happened. Seven days on the market, I think, and boom, it's gone off the market for asking price. And... There was not a lot of advertisement about it. Wow, praise um, the Lord. And so, again, an answer to prayer even sooner than we had anticipated, which, of course, God is like, let me do my thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. <laughs> and, and so just little things like that that would happen over and over again reminded my wife and I during this transition 
that God has us, Mm. that we are resting in his hand and there is no better place to be. So when those rocky moments would happen, because they do, it's life, it's hard, we would always go back to that truth. And uh, Psalm 4610 immediately comes to my mind and really has been a a verse for me of 2018 and kind of even bled over into 2019, be still and know that I am God. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a good scripture to just think about every single one of us, whether it's just you and me talking, Mm -hmm. talking to our wives, or even people listening to this podcast. We need to just slow it down, be still, and know that the God of the universe who created us in his image is the one holding us, and that makes the chaos a calmness. Mm. Yeah, that just reminds me of... uh um, you know, my kids and I were reading in, in Mark the other day, and, you know, Jesus has just got done healing folks and, and telling the parables about the sower, and he's teaching and yeah. so on. They get into the boat, he's plum exhausted, falls asleep in the stern, <laughs> this squall comes up, and he's still sleeping, and they wake him up, and they're just freaked out, you know, they're, they think they're going to die, and he gets up, and he just says, be still to the wind <laughs> and the waves. He just says it. Yeah. And then it happens. And the scripture says, uh, the writer of Mark says, they were, they were terrified of yeah. him now. They went from being terrified of the, of the wind and the waves to being terrified of him and thinking, who is this? What kind of a person is this? So here you have these disciples who are following Jesus, just trying to figure out who he is. And... Um, uh, I think in the midst of our, our big stressors and changes and transitions, we begin to see a little bit more about who he is. Who he is. Absolutely. Who he really is. Now, uh, folks listening out there to this podcast have gone through or are going through many different transitions and stressors. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard it said that you're either in the midst of a trial or you're just coming out of one or you're about to go in one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, certainly, um, it's the refining process of sanctification that God brings in our lives. Um, but... Um, so, so how does what you've learned in your transition to Montana uh, apply to the lives of regular folks out there going through major changes in their life? Being a pastor, I almost have to use Scripture. <laughs> but I think being a Christian, we, we need to focus on the Scriptures because by doing that, we get to see who God is and we get to feel that warm embrace. And, and a Scripture that many Christians, you learn it at a young age, but it's one of those Scriptures that just sticks with you the entire remainder of your life before Christ takes you home. Mm-hmm. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust mm-hmm. in the Lord with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Him. And here's the promise, and He will direct your paths. Mm-hmm. And within this transition and, and, and whatever transition you may be going through today or even tomorrow, I think meditating on this scripture and preparing yourself for those moments, and then when you're in those moments, going back to it, Knowing that we can trust in Him and knowing that He will, and God never breaks His promises. No. Never once and never will, that He will direct your paths. Such an anchor of a verse for everyday life because my stressors may be different than yours, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Both of our stressors are definitely going to be different than the listeners here. Yeah. But the fact remains, God is constant. Yeah. And he is the one that we can trust in, and he is also the one who will lead us through it and direct us to the most beneficial path yeah. that we can follow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think for scripture like that, um, at least for me, it's <clears throat> at least for me, it's helpful to think about the opposite of that. Okay, yeah. trust in myself with all my heart, 
and lean on my own understanding, don't acknowledge God, and the promise is he will not direct my path. That's right. <laughs> so I'm in charge now, and when that happens, I have no idea where I'm going. And, and by the way, that was evidenced by you know this, this story I told about my wife and I and how we were struggling yeah. because, honestly, I was, I was directing a lot of the paths and I uh, was leading nowhere. Um, you know, matter of fact, great there, for our ego. Too, oh, right? yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there are times where I look back on that and I, I just think I, I had no plan, no purpose, no vision. <laughs> it was just it was just a shot in the dark. Yeah. And, um, you know, Lord had to get a hold of me and break me down. And, and that's a process that will continue the rest of my life. I that's for sure. Something too to add to this. And, and this has been a credit to. Just people who God puts in your life during these stressors. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we take our own path, we miss out on these blessings and these accountability people, Mm -hmm. these encouragers. Floral Park Baptist Church has been such a blessing to my wife and I, even during this transition, where there's been some men in the church that have been constantly reminding me of scriptures like this that have really allowed me to stay on that path because we know how easy it is to trust big, bad myself. Right. And that's when we get off the wrong track, lose sight of who God is, and problems come from that. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, even as, as we're, we're talking and you're listening, one day you may be that person who can help someone else, and mm-hmm. you may never know it. Because I don't know if these men, maybe people in your life, Ryan, mm-hmm. they may not know how much they've helped both you and I through troublesome times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and offering practical advice, right? Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. What's some practical advice that you've gotten from folks that have encouraged you in your transition to, uh, to be you and your Date wife? Date nights. <laughs> Never stop dating your wife. People have said that for years and years and years, but they need to keep saying it. Please do that because... Men are stupid. Hmm. <laughs> Ryan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if no you're a man listening, apologize. but it's, it, no we need, need help. This is why God looked at Adam and said, mm, that boy needs help. Now, <laughs> it doesn't say that in the scriptures, but praise God for, for women and praise God for men and women of faith who help us because we truly do. And aside from date nights, uh, one of the deacons at the church that I'm serving now, he's been such a, such a wonderful brother reminding me, stay in the word. Mm-hmm. Stay on your knees in prayer, Mm -hmm. because when you get off of your knees and when you get out of the Word, I promise you destruction will come. And those words have never been truer, Mm -hmm. and I promise those words have been a major, major help in this result that I'm about to explain. My wife and I have, we've actually grown, and there's been little problems since we've been here, and that's all by God's grace and using men like the ones at Floral Park Baptist Church, and even like my father back home who have constantly been praying and reminding, get in the Word, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so important. Again, it goes back to Proverbs 5 and 6. Yep. I mean, 3, 5, and 6, excuse me. Yeah. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and make your paths straight. He yeah. will guide them and direct them. Every, you know, and sometimes it's a day-to-day basis, yeah. and that's Okay. We don't need to know the future. By the way, what God has for us is better than anything we can ever dream up. That's right. So maybe we should stop dreaming about the future <laughs> and just uh, just put our put our backs into the plow for today and what He has for us, and trust Him with the future. Um, uh, now, you mentioned these scripture passages: Psalm forty six ten, "Be still and know that I am God." Proverbs three five and six. Um, what are some other scriptures or maybe resources that have especially stood out to you in the midst of this move and? and uh, change in your life? 
the one that also comes to my mind, and it kind of goes back to what I had just mentioned about stay on your knees and pray. You know, Paul tells the church in Thessalonica not only to be joyful always and give thanks in all circumstances, but really the meat of that in that sandwich is pray without ceasing. Mm. And it's one of the first things I think we put off to the side mm-hmm. because we get so wrapped around just this this world of busyness and they're even good things. I know you'd mentioned with your story earlier, you were in a new job, your wife was homeschooling the kids and just all this stuff going on that's new, yeah. which with a transition, that's a byproduct. Yeah. You can't dismiss it. It's nope. going to happen. And so even more so, pray without ceasing. You know, my dad, when I was growing up, he would write these little note cards. And one that I will never forget is this. He says, it's hard to fall when you're on your knees. Mm. And I think one of the best things husbands can do for their wives is stay on their knees in prayer. One of the best things fathers can do for their children or pastors can do for their church or even just a friend can do for another friend is to stay on your knees in prayer asking God for his help. Yeah. Um, something that, that it's not really a resource, but it's a song. And I'm kind of plugging Shane and Shane here. Oh, good. Plug but away. The, the song Yearn is such a beautiful song because it's also a prayer Hmm. in that you can literally take those words and pray them to God, and they're going to be beautiful. There's going to be a sweet aroma to God as you're saying, I want to yearn for you. I want more of you. And during transition, fighting the temptation to not yearn for him Hmm. and yearn for something else that you think is going to satisfy you, in turn, discipline yourself to yearn for him so that you can be satisfied by the only thing that really, truly can bring satisfaction to your life. Yeah, man, I think you're spot on with that. And of course, Shane and Shane, if you're listening to this, um, you know, be sure to give us a plug, you know, on your website or whatever. Anyways, um, uh, I think it's so just really important. And you keyed on something that, that, I, uh, that I think is just massive. Um, understanding in the midst of these big change and stressors, understanding the things that don't change. That's God and who he is, God and his word and his faithfulness, that he promises to direct our paths. There's no reason to stop habits, godly habits that we've begun yeah. and quit that and start new things and replace them and and, uh, and so on and so forth. And so even though these changes will inevitably come, what's going to get us through those changes from what I hear you saying is that um, is to lean in on the things that actually don't change. Right, right. To help us well, get you need the something steady to keep you from rocking back and forth and feeling like you're going to get sick and throw up on the side of the boat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so that one constant, that one steady hand is God Almighty. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned about Jesus and, and, and calming the sea. I mean, yes, the, the, the disciples are, are terrified, but I also believe in that moment their terror brings forth this fruit of this is the rock. Mm-hmm. And, and and if he can calm the waves, which is a big deal to them because water was something they, they were afraid of. Yeah. In that in that time and culture. Not like today where we have vitamin water or, you know, protein infused water. For right. them it was I don't like it. I know fish come from it, but I am terrified of it. And yet here's Jesus saying, <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. And for us, we need to remember Jesus is saying that to us, I gotcha. Yeah. Tell us um, about some areas where maybe you transitioned poorly or you struggle with some stuff. Yeah. I, I want to be transparent because, you know, you heard me say like, you know, date nights, they're essential and, mm-hmm. and don't ever stop dating your wife. And, and even 
Though my wife and I tried to do this, life happens, and I can honestly say that something I'm even working on now is neglecting my wife on certain days where I am the most exhausted. Mm. And for for me as a pastor, the most exhausting day of the week is Sunday. Yep. You know, you prepare the last couple of days of the week to get to the climax, you preach you know, your guts out, so to speak. Yeah. And and then Sunday you're looking forward to that sanctified nap. Right. You know, Jesus slept on the boat. I can sleep on the couch, right? <laughs> and and so my wife thinking about her, which I need to do more of, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm I'm getting at is I need to look at her needs because her and I are one flesh. Mm-hmm. And where I have fallen short here in the last few months is not loving her on Sundays like I do on maybe Tuesday or Monday Mm. because I'm recharged. And, you know, Jesus doesn't do that with us. Right. He loves us the same every single day, constant and steady. And, and so if you're listening, honestly, you don't know me from Adam, but, but pray for me and uh, pray for others because I'm sure they're going through it because we need all the help we can get. Yeah. Um, And just neglecting maybe relationships in general. Mm -hmm. Um, You get a phone call from, for me, I talk to my dad every day. Mm-hmm. And so if I get a phone call from him on Sunday afternoons or Sunday nights, I'm more prone to not talk to him sure. because I'm just so spiritually, emotionally, and physically exhausted, but yet I should. Those are things that as a, as a son, I should I should want to do that more mm-hmm. or whoever else it is. Right. So sometimes, and, and, and I've talked about this in, in my struggle and in, in change and stressors and how I struggled in my relationship with my wife because I was, you know, I was focused on the wrong things. Yeah. Um, for her being home all day, especially homeschooling our children, was, was massive because, you know, we had moved here. Um, we had gone to public school before that. Um, we knew that we wanted to have them home, homeschool and so on. So for her to suddenly be home all day with the kids was incredibly hard for her. And it was really hard for me, too, because here I was at this new job, um, achieving some success, which I was excited about, and then coming home to my wife, and she was not achieving success necessarily um, at this time. She was struggling hard with it, and and I was was less than helpful, uh, that's for sure, with that. So... Um, but I appreciate the the admonition and, and date night is certainly important, yeah. you know, to have a plan, to have a vision for our marriage, sit down with our wives and say, okay, what does this week hold? What are we going to do? When are we going to hang out? Now, yeah. you don't have kids, so it's a little easier for you. That's right. Uh, but you are the lead <laughs> pastor of this church, which also makes it a, a lot harder, yep. you know, because you've got, you know, all those, a lot of people, want all those people that want your attention. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I think when we make the effort... Um, to to love the Lord and then practically to love our families, starting with our wives um, and then our kids and then those around us, our family, that will bear so much more fruit when we are being selfless and diving into those relationships. Yeah. We know Scripture is so clear when it talks about relationships in general, especially between that of a husband and a wife. Mm. You know, we talk about discipleship and who we're supposed to disciple, so on and so forth. Well, for the husband... The first person he should disciple is his wife. Yeah. Next in line would be his children. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are things that I think we've missed the boat on for so long because we've screamed discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. Find someone. You don't really need to find someone. Take your eyes off of self and put them on your wife. And, and I know you and I just talking here a little bit, 
we can see we can do a better job of that. Yeah. And and the cool thing is is that God has equipped all of us, those of you listening and Ryan and I here, to be able to disciple. Mm-hmm. He's given us his word. He's yeah. given us church families. And, and it's exciting knowing that we have the tools necessary to do his will. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I... I Man, discipling your wife, it's funny you mentioned that. There's probably some men out there listening to this thinking, disciple my wife? What What in the world are you talking about? I can't what just am watch I, TV. Yeah, what am I going to sit down and open up the Bible and say, all right, wife, I'm going to disciple you now. Um, you know, So if somebody out there genuinely desires to do this, what's a good first step to take? I think just by praying with each other, making it an effort, because you don't know how much teaching is happening when you're praying with your wife or you're praying with your children. They they hear what you're saying to God. I think even just simply reading the scriptures together, starting in a place like Proverbs, which is very easy to practice, going to the Gospel of John, going to the Psalms, starting there. You don't have to preach a sermon to or just read scripture together. The Word speaks well enough for itself. You know, we don't need to mess up stuff, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think those are two good starting points. Awesome. Well, I can definitely say on a personal level that, um, you know, I, I've tried to disciple your wife to where I tell her what to do. And, <laughs> and that the couch goes feels pretty poorly. good, right? <laughs> that goes poorly. Yeah. And so I think, I think humility is something that uh, I know in my own life the Lord's teaching me a lot about, Amen. which I'm thankful for. Um, it's painful, um, but at the same time, leading from a place of humility and understanding that you know we're on we're, we're equals, you know we have different roles, but we're equals yeah. in this relationship, and and uh, uh, leading from that place is much more effective and joyful than leading from a place yeah. of tyranny and um, kingship, so to speak. So I think even in this conversation, not to beat a dead horse, but Discipling your wife, discipling your kids is going to help them when they go through these transitions, these stressors, because men are clueless at times, and by God's grace, He helps us see things clearly as we get older, but we may not see the stressors that our wife is going through in that moment or our children, but if we're constantly loving them like Christ, if we're constantly praying with them and and showing Scripture in our life and, and reading it to them, it's going to help. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron, and God's Word never comes back void. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Well, um, man, this has just been a great conversation. Um, I just love meeting new people, talking to folks about um, what God's doing in their lives and so on. Um, Jonathan, why don't you finish our conversation here by giving us a couple of things that we can be in prayer for you and your wife, Chelsea, and Floral Park Baptist Church in Butte, Montana. Yeah, well, I appreciate the prayer for sure, and thank you guys for listening. I hope you listen to more of Ryan and all the different guests that he'll have, but uh, honest prayer request would be just that the Lord would continue to grow um, just my love for my wife, that it would deepen Mm. uh, as Christ's love is for the church, that her love for me would deepen, and and that we would show it in in selfless acts for each other. Uh, For the church, uh, that we would just, we would Lock arms uh, with ministry philosophy, uh, with a church of you know sixty to seventy people. You've got a lot of different ideas, but my prayer request would be that we would focus on the gospel and from the gospel, 
we would go out. Hmm. Um, and then just for Butte, uh, it, it is statistically a city that is roughly 95% lost. Mm-hmm. And so out of 35,000 people, you're talking roughly 32,000 do not have a personal relationship with Christ, if not a few more. And so that God would do a mighty work because he already has mm-hmm. and he will continue to do so. And why not Butte? Yeah, why not Butte? Yeah, yeah amen to that. Once again, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me today, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. God bless you. Well, I just want to say a big thank you to Jonathan Turner for taking the time to chat with me about this important topic of navigating change and sharing with us the things he and his wife have learned as they move from North Carolina to Butte, Montana. I just loved how Jonathan talked about the importance of community in the midst of transition and change. You know, we certainly can take our friends for granted until we find that we really need them. You know, it's so vital in the end to remember God's faithfulness in the midst of the difficulties of life. Now, I want to let you all know something very exciting for the InStep podcast starting next week. We're beginning a series entitled Family Friendly. So throughout the course of the next few months, we're going to have a bunch of great conversations with people from all stages of family life as we glean God's truths from their experiences. I know these conversations will be rich, helpful, and insightful, so you're not going to want to miss them. Now, as always, if you aren't already subscribed to the Emmanuel Podcast, take a few minutes, find us on your device, and click subscribe. You can also hop on our our website at myemmanuel.net and find it there. And of course, don't forget to share this content with a friend, and while you're at it, share on social as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for the InStep Podcast. InStep. You. Me. Jesus. Thanks for listening to the InStep Podcast, a ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Billings, Montana. We hope your time with us today has encouraged, strengthened, and helped you walk in step with Jesus. New episodes are available every other Wednesday, so please subscribe, share us with a friend, and like us on Facebook. Also, don't forget to check out our website at myemmanuel.net. And finally, please don't change or alter the content in any way without our permission. Until next time, in step, you, me, Jesus.